Good day, beautiful people. I hope that wherever you are on this planet that you are doing amazing and I'm sending you all of my love, well wishes, good vibes, prayers to you, your family, and your friends, wishing you all of the best. We've got a, a fantastic episode of the show for you today. We have my friend on, Chris Vandenboss, who is the co-founder on Police on Guard uh, in Canada. So he is one of those people of the utmost integrity that was a police officer in Canada that knew that what was going on was wrong and that he needed to do something about it. So this is a really amazing episode to know, um, you know what kind of people are out there and and to have hope because we were in Ottawa together. So we're going to be covering what we saw in Ottawa the first weekend. I went another weekend. So I was up there two weekends in a row. Um, but we discuss, you know, Chris's story, what he experienced in policing, why he left policing, the charter rights, um, the incremental erosion of our rights, the spirit of the pro protest, why love always wins, um, why plans of man are not prophecy and why we shouldn't have fear. So we go through a, uh, a lot of different topics in this about what's going on in Ottawa and what's going on in, the, in this world stage and what's kind of happening and, and some solutions. So this is a very optimistic episode. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy it. And if you do, please share it far and wide because the censorship is still real. Um, you can go to mattbelair.com and become a member because they uh, deleted my Patreon. So if you want to, you know, chip in, just go there. The episodes I'm putting there, um, but it's taking me longer to back up because YouTube is now allowing me on there and I've got to upload all the shows in different places. So they do go in the membership. It's a little bit slower because YouTube is back on, um, but it is mostly a way to get exclusive content and and then to uh, just chip in um, like on Patreon because they've deleted the Patreon. So uh, that's that. Um, for those of you guys who really want to connect to community, you want to get clear on your life path, you want to, you know, go through this awakening and experience with like-minded community and get clear on, you know, how to respond to what's going on. You want to learn tools that will help you overcome, you know, limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome, and and program and design your reality consciously. Um, hit me up, Matt Belair, or, or Matt at zenathlete.com or go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching because there's either one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching, group coaching, or programs that I put together that basically help you get very clear on who you are, what your life path and purpose is, and how to use all these peak performance tools, spirituality tools, and esoteric tools to design and create that reality from a state of fulfillment. So if that is interesting to you, hit me up and I'd be glad to just let you know uh, some of the things that are available to you and help you on your path. Uh, what else do I gotta say? Oh, the best thing to do to support the show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world. Follow me on Telegram. It's the best way to get the information, the email list. And uh, yeah, I'm optimistic. So let's uh, come into a state of peace and coherence before we come into the show. Uh, wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, faith, courage, inspiration. And get ready to enjoy this phenomenal episode with Chris Vandenboss. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matthew Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming extreme censorship, so if you want to support the show, please share episodes far and wide, leave a review on iTunes, but the most important thing you can do is to do three kind of acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a former police officer who recently left policing after 17 years and the co-founder of Police on Guard. He's a proud Canadian and firm believer in equal rights for all Canadians. Welcome to the show, Chris Vandenboss. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here, buddy. Man, yeah, so great to have you on the show. We've been talking about this since, since the beginning. You and I have been in communications for a long time because I was, you know, as 
fate would have it, you know, our wives are friends and they're, and they're both teachers. And I, I discovered what you were doing and I thought it was absolutely incredible. And then we get to meet in person in Ottawa and, you know, we had the real world event of what actually ha happened in audio, uh, audio thousands, maybe a hundred thousand, tens of thousands, at least we don't know what the numbers were, but it was cheerful, proud and Canadians. It felt, it, I said, it was like Canada day before COVID meets like kind of a festival where everyone was giving, you know, an abundance of food, everybody's, um, you know, really kind really was the canadian spirit then we come back and this week we just see this massive propaganda campaign in real time of flat out lies and it's really challenging so um you know i'll, I'll just give it to you to share a little bit about your background and, and a little bit about police on guard and then let's dive into ottawa because i think what you did takes a lot of integrity and courage and i don't know if you saw this but uh, one of trudeau's snipers he quit as well and now apparently he's the uh security for the convoy so that's a you know another side note of people are looking at things and saying, you know what, I can't participate in this. This is that something is wrong and I need to do the right thing. And you're someone who was able to do that. So you have uh, my, my deepest respect for that. Oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. You know, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing over these last two years, you know, it's, it's been a complete roller coaster of emotion. And uh, I think every Canadian can identify with that, regardless of what side of the fence you're on. Um, when this whole thing started back in March of 2020, obviously everyone was concerned, right? Like all of a sudden there's this, this virus coming and nobody knows what it is. And, you know, you see videos of people, people falling over and, you know, it's just like mass catastrophe and uh, you want to do the right thing as a Canadian. You want to make sure you're not putting anybody at risk. So everybody does exactly what they're instructed. Canadians are polite. That's just the way we are. And we're, we're typically really humane in our interactions. And, uh, and I think everybody was happy to do the right thing in that instance. But as, as time went on, you know, and I could tell you a little bit of background about me, and I've mentioned it before. Um, I got diagnosed with PTSD in 2016, but I've been struggling with it for much longer than that. And it brought me to a complete breakdown. And, uh, you know, as a police officer, you see things that you know, you can't unsee, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And, uh, and I've been battling it for quite some time. And then when COVID came, I found it brought me to just this, it's really low point, right? I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to ask myself, what was it all for? Because now I'm saying our government tell us, the police, that we need to be going out and effecting arrests on people for just being human. Like, it wasn't like they were committing egregious criminal offenses. You know, some of them is like a single mom dropping her kids off at her, her parents' house so she could get groceries and she's getting fined because she broke the one household rule. And, and then finally, when I saw the kid in Calgary getting ripped off the ice by the police and hogtied and handcuffed and they cut his skates off and threatened to tase him, you know, I was absolutely just mortified seeing that. I thought, listen, I gave a lot for this career because I deeply cared about what it meant to be a cop. You know, I get that. I get that there's bad reputations for cops and cops doing stupid stuff and and maybe acting outside of their legal authorities and, and, and being a bit of a bully or whatever the case may be. I was never that way. And the guys that I hung around with and the gals that I hung around with on the job, they were in it for the right reasons. They just wanted to serve and protect and they put themselves in harm and we'd put ourselves in harm's way to, to stop something bad from happening to good people. You know, and uh, the way that it's always categorized is we deal with five percent of the population, 95 percent of the time. And, and that's just a part of the job. And, you know, and when you deal with situations that are just on a soul level, on a, on a spiritual level, on a, on an emotional level, just devastating to your spirit, you know, like when you're dealing with a, a child who dies in your arms, for example, you can't unsee that you can't undo that. And when you see the pain in the parent's eyes, you know, as a cop, you, you unfortunately get to be in that position and to see that devastation. And, and I've gotten to build real connections throughout my career 
with people that have been through some of the worst and, uh, and I suffered right along with them, but I was proud to, I was proud to do that, to put on my uniform and do that job. Cause I knew what it meant. Uh, my family was proud that when I became a police officer, both my brothers are police officers as well. Uh, we're a policing family and, uh, and it means a lot. So when I saw this happening, I saw the degradation of the policing institution throughout COVID that almost brought on a whole new layer of, of tumult inside me. And, uh, and finally my wife, my good wife, she said, listen, you either need to shut up about it or you need to do something about it. <laughs> and, uh, and now she looks back and she regrets that because, uh, <laughs> because I took the, the, you know, I took the bull by the horns and I just said, it's time to do something. So started reaching out. Police on guard was formed between myself and another officer I had never met, but he agreed with me and we were connected with each other. And uh, we started writing open letters and just appealing to the better senses of our, our management and our government and the people to, to understand that we can't lose our humanity. We, we cannot lose the very essence of what it means to be Canadian just because of a virus. And, uh, and from there it grew and it grew and it grew. And now it's thousands of officers across Canada that have agreed with us and uh, Canada's top constitutional lawyer representing us now in two court actions against both the Ontario government and the federal government to get them just to explain, like it comes down to one simple thing. Tell me how you justified this because it says in the, in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, if you're going to remove somebody's charter of rights and freedoms, which is guaranteed, by the way, because it's one of those founding documents in 1982. And Brian Peckford, who is one of the co-authors of that document, speaks to it today that you can't just arbitrarily remove it. You have to enact the notwithstanding clause and it has to be demonstrably justified as to why you're removing people's rights. And it has to be done so through a, a proper legal process that wasn't done. And, you know, you, you see it just it starts with one small thing like, oh, you know, if you're outside for during this lockdown and one household rule, then you're going to be ticketed, but it's only for two weeks to flatten the curve, or then it's a month, then it's two months. And now here we are, and they're telling us that we have to put something into our bodies, whether you agree with it or not, it's you should be your choice. And they're taking that choice away. And they're saying that if you don't, you can't engage in society, you can't go on a plane, a train, a boat, you can't eat dinner somewhere, you can't go to a, a game. So uh, and people will say, well, it's your choice. It's what do you mean? Your rights are being taken away. It's your choice. Well, to me, I mean, I know this might be an extreme correlation, but try and tell that to the people that Harvey Weinstein did what he did too, right? They had a choice, do what he wants to do or not have a, a role on his move in his movies. That's a, a grandiose example. I get that, but it's relatable because if you're telling people, well, you have to take this, otherwise you can't do something that otherwise would be guaranteed under the Constitution and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, then that's not voluntary. Sorry, hate to break it to you. Read a law book, know your history. That's not legal or ethical. Yeah, so it's coercion, right? It's, you know, it's preventing people from putting uh, food on the plates. And there's a gag order on doctors and nurses. And I was talking to a friend today about that. And I said, you know, only one side has a gag order, right? If they speak up to say what they saw, um, they can get fired and lose their jobs and lose their license. And we saw this trickle down to the uh, teachers who didn't want to uh, do what they were doing in the classrooms to kids, masking them all day and some of the things they saw. And, you know, by definition, some of that stuff is literally child abuse. That's what's going on in these Canadian schools, um, you know, not by... Uh, 
rhetoric by actual definition is child abuse. And it's absolutely horrible. So we've seen these uh, erosion of rights. Then we go to the, the rally for some people who, you know, have had enough, this convoy sparks up, but you know, you see the, um, the montages of all the people supporting this getting $10 million on GoFundMe. So obviously people are about this. And then, you know, Trudeau says it's, you know, racist and this and that, which is complete um, and utter lunacy. And that you as a police officer, you know, if you're in a dangerous environment, you've probably worked in, you know, scenarios where you would register that. I didn't witness that, that at all. I, I saw zero of it. We did see some paid type of Antifa provocateurs, agent provocateurs for people who don't know. And it was pretty simple to us because they've got uh, camera crews with them with the best cameras you've ever seen, right? $5,000 camera. They're masked up and they're grumpy. Everyone else is smiling, is happy, is high-fiving, is sharing, you know, and uh, that's what, what I observed. And even the head of the Ottawa police said it was peaceful. And other uh, police officers said it was peaceful. So, you know, us being there, a lot of us were grateful for the police. We think they did a phenomenal job overall. And um, and then we see this propaganda come out. So I'm wondering, you know, if you could speak on what you observed from your perspective in the spirit of uh, what you what you saw. Oh. First of all, I've been a police officer that worked a bar district. That was part of my patrol area in the Richmond Hill area on East Beaver Creek. And there's a big bar section there with a bunch of bars. And Friday and Saturday nights, there'd be Donnie Brooks, man. And it would be me rolling lights and sirens <laughs> with my fellow officers trying to break up this brouhaha going bananas, right? And sometimes there'd be weapons and sometimes it'd just be complete better chaos. And, and we'd roll in there and you get that sense when you get out of the car. It's like, here we go. Time to get in there. Lord knows what's going to happen here. And But you go in there because it's got to be done. Somebody's got to stop it. And then we would do our jobs. I got zero bit of that spidey sense going off when I was there from the moment wheels touch ground in Ottawa to the moment that I walked through there with my family. It was nothing but a joyous occasion. And I can tell you, hand to God, hand on the Bible, whatever you want me to do. There was people from every walk of life. And I'm not talking marginal numbers. I'm talking like Everywhere you went, you would see that there would be the indigenous folks there and they would be celebrating and cheering and people going up and hugging them. And it was bridging a divide and the gap there that the government has tried to pit people against each other. And that, you know, that demographic, there was people of Asian descent. There was people of, of Middle Eastern descent. I had a great conversation with some uh, some folks that were from Iran and and they were just so happy to be a part of it. And they were just beaming. They're like, I can't believe the Canadian spirit. This is why we came to Canada. I'm so proud to be here. And then you go on and turn on the six o'clock news and, and not that I watch it, but it was sent to me just to show how complete and utter garbaged it was because it was just, it was, it was, it was propaganda. They were trying to make it seem like this group was violent, that they were vandalizing stuff. First of all, the people that put stuff on Terry Fox's monument, the flag and the sign, once it was realized that that happened, it was taken down and people were guarding it and polishing it. And then somebody comes up and puts flowers and then everyone's like, oh, thank you so much. And making sure that nothing is done to that monument, the, the, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, same thing. Like the, the respect for our historical monuments and the respect for each other was on display. The only disrespect that I witnessed there was towards our prime minister who is pushing hate and division on the Canadian people by trying to insinuate that this group was anything but peaceful and that could not have been further from the truth and shame on him for saying that shame on the mainstream media for going along with this nonsense because what they're doing is they're out and out lying and to me it's unacceptable and i hope canada wakes up to realize the lies that are being pushed on them because i was there and it couldn't have been further from the truth people were so 
unbelievably respectful, loving, happy, dancing, singing. Like they had a dance party the one night in the middle of the street with people from every every race and background and walk of life joining arms and dancing and hugging and singing and, and cheering. And yeah, it seemed like a real hate-filled crowd, eh, Matt? You were there. Yeah, you know, and I, I spent uh, a lot of time taking pictures of so many families and so many kids. And you're talking about healing the divide. There's even a, a, a healing the divide of, the, of, of like this, um, I don't know if it's like lifelong, but something I can never be healed, which is Quebec versus Ontario. You know, there's always, they were there and, you know, it's just like this. It was funny because we could joke and, you know, it's like this old, I don't know, rivalry. It's it's kind of like a joke, but, you know, we it was just such a beautiful spirit. It's like, you know, we're, we're proud to be Canadian. You saw so many Canadian flags and to see all this propaganda, it was horrible. And then, you know, one night I'm walking back, right? So the way Antifa works and people don't know, you know, who are watching the news, what an agent provocateur is, right? These paid, they're, they're paid by the media, the government, you look at the Soros Foundation and, and what he was able to do in the United States, you just track that money and see what's going on. Well, in the United States, even when they were doing BLM, which they kind of destroyed all cities, they always did it at night. They never did it when the general public was there because they have to operate in the shadows. Same thing. This would have never happened because when, when a few people did observe people that were obviously provocateurs or agitators, uh, they called them out, you know what I mean? Said, hey, you know, this isn't for this. And I even heard this really beautiful story. Now, I don't know if you saw it and, and it's in my telegram if people want to see it, but uh, I guess one of the agitators during the week was trying to get, you know, harassing one of the trucker's wives, harassing, harassing. And uh, he just said, hey, you know, uh, I'm not going to fight with you, but I'll give you a hug. And he goes, no, no, I don't want a hug. You know what I mean? And just kept harassing and, you know, eventually kind of left him alone for a second. They kept walking. They noticed uh, he wasn't wearing any gloves. So they turn around, they offer him some gloves. The other guy notices he's not wearing a jacket. He gives him a jacket. Um, then the guy stops and he says, why would you do that? And he goes, because this is about love. This isn't about division. And apparently because it's probably a younger person that's either paid or confused, um, gives them both back, hangs his head and leaves. And so it's so hard to engage in that kind of idea. And even if it's like one in 10,000 or one in 20,000, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Sure, there's, there's one in 10,000 races, right? It's a free country. I can't make them not be, you know, I wish I could, but because it is apparently a free country, they get to do what they'd like to do as long as they're not causing harm to another people. But, you know, one in 20,000 is not the Canadian way. Right. It's in the, it's a ludicrous thing. I say, it's like, wait, so all of a sudden all of a Canada has turned racist and they decide to go to Ottawa, but all of their signs want the same thing about freedom. That's all what they want. They want freedom. And you made a really powerful speech. I thought that was uh, amazing. Just talking about some of these stories, there's marginalized people here. Only one side is allowed to come out. And then the media is fabricating um, lies on the other side. And someone was saying to me, oh, well, you know, all media can't be bad. The, the problem is when you research it, all of Canada's mainstream media is owned by post media, not six companies like in the States, one. And so just like the, the doctor gag or all these things, um, it's not allowed to get out there. And the truth doesn't need um, to, to gag the other side. It's open for a debate. But when you're being deceitful and manipulative, you do need to censor the other side. So I'm curious if you could speak on some of those topics. Well, first off, I mean, if Canadians don't realize this yet, it's not very hard to find the video of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau admitting that he gets unfair press because he pays them $600 million to say what he wants him, them to say, to puppet what he wants them to say. So is it any surprise that when people are rallying against the man, that the media jumps to his aid? That's the cash cow. They're getting paid by him. 
So I will, I will say this though. I just want to give a thank you to our prime minister. I truly just want to reach out to him if he's paying attention to this or if he ever does listen. Thank you, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, because as a result of your hate-filled rhetoric, you have brought Canadians from every walk of life together in unison, in, in harmony, in peace, and we've realized that our differences don't matter. What we realize is that our freedoms matter, and we will stand together to get those freedoms back. So thank you for doing that, because it would have never happened if you hadn't have been such an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, no, 100%. And, and it's so obvious what he's doing. And so what is nice, too, is these people that are coming together, they want solutions, right? We see that there's an issue and want solutions. Some people are really um, disgusted with the government and have no trust. So in your opinion, to seeing this erosion of what's been going on, do you have faith that this system can provide solutions? Or, or maybe a more general question is, what do we do to provide a solution here? What do we do for the people who can't work because, or, or their kids can't participate in sports because they don't want the medical procedure. You gave a speech of a, a unfortunately a 17 year old that passed from this experimental procedure that is not approved. It's approved under emergency use authorization. If you speak up about that, Facebook bans you, every social media bans you, you get gaslighted by your own friends and family. It's an absolute horror for people who have experienced that. So when you, when you see these things, what do you, what would you, like to see as solutions for moving forward and how do we live in a free country because the charter of rights is one thing um but you get your rights from the creator and this from doing the law summit you know god gave uh dominion to land air and water to man and the government is there to protect your rights to administer the property of man but what's happened is they begin to usurp that power and tell us we what we can and can't do and i'd love for you to speak yeah speak on that and i'll throw another question on you yeah, well, first off, it comes down to this. The Parliament Building's foundation, I don't know if people realize this, but inscribed on the foundation of our Parliament's building, it says, in relation to God, it says, he shall have dominion from sea to shining sea. It says it right on our Parliament Building's foundation, okay? And then it talks about the supremacy of law. And when it comes down to our Charter of Rights and Freedoms in our Constitution, I can only speak to what I know as a cop. And when I took an oath, when I started as a police officer in 2005, that oath was to uphold the Constitution and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms of all Canadians, that I hold independent office to Her Majesty the Queen, not to the government of the day, not to whatever mayor or, or MP or, or premier or prime minister is in office at any given time, because that changes. It's to the Constitution and the Charter. That's an unmovable goalpost. So if you're asking what we can do, I, what I can say we should do and what I think is the best way out of this is first for everyone, drop the hate, stop feeding into the hate, stop buying into the media rhetoric of division. If you want to take this vaccine, if you want to go down that road, you go ahead, you have the right to do so. But if somebody does not, they have the right to do so as well. They have the right to not take it. And let's not allow anything to divide us. Let's start to understand that as Canadians, the most important thing that we can do is to stand in unison for our rights and freedoms. Because once one is taken away from one person, that's the start of that slide going down fast for it to be taken away from more and more. And we can't allow that. We have to stand strong. We have to be peaceful. But we have to use our democratic rights and our, and our democratic abilities. Reach out to your MPs and your MPPs. We're seeing right now a leadership change in the Conservative Party because people were of the opinion that previous leadership was not representing their ideals and what it was that they, they felt was important to them. That's starting to change. We're starting to see that. People are becoming more vocal. Leading to violence is never the way. And if that's the way you're going to go, then I am rebuking you now because that is only going to lead to desolation of what it is that we've built here. 
We need to be standing in harmony and peace and love and using our democratic abilities and rights to advocate for change in a positive way. And if we do that together, we can affect some huge positive changes. But if we allow us to be divided, what is it? What's the old saying say? A nation divided cannot stand. Well, there's truth to that. Yeah, I love how you put that. And I think it's important that we hold our public officials accountable, especially in the school system with what we see going on there. I've been looking at it pretty intensely because of the work, um, you know, my wife does being a teacher. And you can see in there that there's an agenda being pushed very forcefully, but no one's standing up. But if you do stand up, then you're actually, uh, they, they do the same thing. You're called a misogynist. This is hate speech and all these different types of things, but we need more people, right? It can't just be one. So we kind of fell asleep at the wheel with our local representatives. And I, and I think that government in itself needs a huge overhaul. But I like when I had uh, Christopher Gronsky on, he said, you know, more power should be to the municipality and you should know who that is. Everybody should know. Um, who is representing him and what's being pushed, but we all fell asleep at the wheel. We're watching the Leafs games. We're watching football and, you know, we're drinking sodas and we're not paying attention to what's kind of being implemented here. And now we're getting the memo that the people in power are implementing something that goes against all of our natural ways of being like, this is, this is hundred percent, not okay. This is coercion and blackmail and just everything. It's just, it's just completely horrible. And so one of the things that we discussed before we went on air I started to hear, you know, whispers like, oh, this is controlled up. You know what I mean? This is a, a flag to say, you know, and I saw the, I read the articles because nobody wants to be fooled. Right. So I look, I'm like, okay, I don't want to participate in anything that's not good. Uh, so I look at it and they say to, um, you know, about food shortage and stuff. Even if it were that the, the government has been messing with the farmers for years, this is old, old stuff. Right. And so when I gave it to my community, they said, you know, this is this is something that's spontaneous. The energy this is as electric. This is electric. They've given hope to millions of Canadians because what they want you to um, think is that you're alone, right? That you're alone, that you whatever you do doesn't matter because they're just going to implement this. You may as well obey now. You may as well sign up and just do whatever we do because you need to obey. There's no other alternative and there's no one else there that you can communicate with. And uh, one example is going to be in the revolution, they they communicated in the bars. And that's part of the reason apparently why they shut down the bars because they would they would talk to each other. And this is why the revolution or not revolution, but the resistance maybe is a little bit bigger in Europe, because everybody's on top of each other. And you have respect for old and young, they're all you know, got grandma, grandpa, everybody is really in direct communication. So they're, they're talking and they're able to, you know, hear what people are thinking. It's so important that we respect our community. And, and converse so that we can learn more. So uh, you said something really beautiful about uh, the plans of man. So I'd love for you to kind of speak on your idea on that. Well, yeah, I mean, I've heard the rumblings about control op and psyops and all this stuff. And I, I, I don't go too far down rabbit holes. I, I go with what I see because I feel myself to be a pretty good judge of character and situational awareness is pretty on point. Um, so when I look at stuff, I go, okay, maybe that's possible. I hear those rumblings, but what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a grassroots movement of people coming together in spite of how maybe this was orchestrated or who's behind it. I believe that this is a grassroots thing that was well-intentioned and it's come together beautifully. And, uh, and if it wasn't, well, as I've always said, the, the plans of man are plans. They're not prophecy. 
and they might have an idea in their head of what they want to do, whether it be through mandating these these uh, medical interventions or locking us down or and whatever their end game is. I don't know. But what I can tell you is that we have a different idea as the people. And that end game is to have our freedoms restored and to stand in unison and to lock arms with our brothers and sisters across this country, regardless of whatever walk of life they come from. And we're not going to stop until we get those freedoms back. And love always wins in the end. Sorry. I mean, History has shown that, that there has been evil empires and evil entities and evil dictators all throughout history that have tried to subjugate man to all kinds of horrible atrocities. But when good men stand up, good women stand up and say no more and they do so in love and they sacrifice themselves, um, whether it be as of now we're seeing people sacrificing their incomes, um, their reputations, whatever it might be to, to make a positive change, but they're doing it in love, that's an unstoppable force. And we're seeing that now and people are coming together and it is becoming an unstoppable force. Cause look, it's not just Canada. I'm getting messages from people from Australia, from Germany, from Italy, from uh, uh, Bolivia, where they have a freedom convoy now in Bolivia and they're flying the Bolivian flag and the Canadian flag. And they're like, thanks Canada for starting this. Like people are behind it. Why are they behind it? Because the human spirit cannot be extinguished. You can try, but it cannot be extinguished. And what I have the biggest problem with now, though, Matt, is, you know, I see Canadians, not not a lot, but some, you see them on Twitter and on Facebook, and they're putting out still these hate-filled messages. And it's like, are people being hate-filled towards you? Why the hate? What has got you so upset and your nose so far out of joint that you just feel like you have to spew your hate on social media to get your point across? Has that ever been Canadian? Is that the Canadian way? That is very un-Canadian. What you see happening in Ottawa right now, that's about as Canadian as it gets. People standing together. And man, you were there. I was there. I was proud to stand there with you. And just to observe, it was a, a remarkable event. And it's still going on. And it will go on until we get our freedoms back. Yeah, man. So well put. And, and it was energetic. You know, it just it, felt, it was so soul uplifting to be there with people who, you know, would give you the shirt off their back. That's the type of people rather than some on Twitter and all the other places, they'll, they'll stab you in the back. And the thing is, people don't understand media can be so manipulated. There's a fantastic documentary called Century of Self by Edward Bernays. There's also uh project mockingbird where they influence the media and you have the all the same scripts going on so it's now becoming very obvious what they're doing but not everybody is really getting that and so all they need to do is take one thing and inflame it and what's weird is you see see people catch on and then create these stories out of it right and so then they're promoting hate and then they're really getting behind it but that's sowing the seeds of division and all we can do if it is going to be divided just stand for truth just stand for integrity be the example do the best you can if you uh, make a mistake you know own up to it do your best to kind of move forward and and that's all we can do but ottawa was a really inspiring thing and like you said it has gone worldwide and so what you know they try to divide oh this is a race thing that makes no sense, right? All of a sudden, overnight, Canada just turns racist. You know what I mean? It's just like the most, and then Trudeau's misogynist and homophobic, like the whole thing. So you do something that's non-narrative and that's what they throw at you, but that does prevent people from speaking out, from speaking the truth. So hopefully they can have the courage to speak up and just kind of take that bit of slander because, you know, World War One, World War Two to fight for freedom was a lot more intense than now. 
you know, I was kind of making a joke when I was coming back. I was like, yeah, I was fighting for her freedom. She's like, you're just kind of partying all weekend. I was like, it's true. It's easier than it was a couple of generations before. And so, you know, if we can just stand together and you saw it with your eyes, you would feel that spirit. The Canadian spirit is very welcoming um, and, and it was very beautiful. And so, you know, I'd love to talk to you all day. Is there anything else that you think is, is important to cover with Ottawa? Because with the, there's a lot of lies coming out, but there's some if you, if you know someone who went, you know, the, the media now, you got to get your information from people who are actually there. Look at both sides because they're, they're amazing at fabricating things at light speed. And they're going to have to try to get a hold of this because it's gone out of their control. And Tim Poole was at Occupy Wall Street and he said that's what happened, right? They had, you know, they were initially upset about the big banker bailouts and everything that they're doing there, but then it got co-opted. So we don't know where this energy is going to go, but around the world, people want freedom of choice. That's it. They want freedom to make a, a livelihood without medical intervention. All their other beliefs and side notes about everything else is separate. The idea to, to be able to participate inside, you put your kids in hockey and soccer and ballet, which in Canada, you can't do that's, that's communist. Right. That's insane that, that in, in a supposedly free country, kids can't go play hockey without medical interventions. It's just complete insanity. And healthy, what's worse, healthy children. Yeah. Healthy children. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And what's more insane is that people are cheering that on. Think that's OK. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, we want our rights restored so we can participate and build something better, you know, together as a, as a Canadian community and as a global community. So you can see everyone around the world knows that can, Canadians have stood up. They've had enough. And what we want is freedom. And the rest is rhetoric. And people watching the direct videos, they see the live feeds. They see the speeches like your amazing speech, which you can see on my Telegram and other places. You know what the spirit is about. And that's what we're standing for. That's what we're fighting for, for our kids and our children's children. Because there's a quote that talks about, you know, freedom is never uh, guaranteed. It's always a generation away from being destroyed. And that's what we're experiencing right now. And people are just, you know, becoming keyboard warriors and sitting on the couch while our rights are being eroded. And yet, but there's other people that said enough, enough. We need to, we need to stand up. And now's the time. Well, I'll say this. Um, I'll say a couple things before we close. When these doctors and scientists like Byron Bridal, Okay, Dr. Byron Breidel is a scientist from University of Guelph. He's a vaccinologist, and he is probably one of the most funded scientists in his field in Canada. And he has made his position very well known based on his research surrounding the topic of this medical intervention. He's been silenced. Um, the list is quite extensive of all of these doctors and scientists who are being silenced and de-licensed simply for just speaking against the governmental narrative. So I'm asking as a common sense question to all my fellow Canadians out there. And I call you my fellow Canadians because if you're on this land right now, we're brothers and sisters. We are Canadian and we need to stand together. Why would these gentlemen and women, why would they risk their livelihoods and everything they have worked so hard to attain in their careers and, and the credibility that they have established in their field of research? Why would they risk everything? if they were just out to lunch and wearing a tinfoil hat and they're not the only one. So my question is, is this a common sense question, who is the one worth listening to the one who's being paid to say something to you or the one who's risking all of their pay to say something to you. Okay. And I'm going to also say this, if you are filled with hate on this subject and you cannot see beyond your side and you're not willing to listen to both sides, that's okay. You have the right to do that. I stand in love with you. I love you. I know, Matt, you're on the same page as me when it comes to walking in love because that's the only way out of this. Hate never wins. 
we're going to wait for you to come around and hopefully hear both sides so that we can come to an understanding. But together as Canadians, we need to be standing in unity for our freedoms, freedoms for all, equality for all. There should be no division. There should be no, there should be no room for people to treat somebody less than what they themselves deserve. We should all be treated with the same equality and, and treatment of uh, and fair and equitable law and all of the things that make this country great applies to everyone. So let's, let's work together to get through this goodness. And, and our prime minister right now doesn't seem to see things that way. That's unfortunate for him. His own uh, half brother has come out and, and said that what he's doing is wrong and is calling for him to step down. And that's in his own family. Um, I know there's a whole lot of Canadians that tend to agree with him. Um, I, I just wish that this whole thing would end soon. And that we can get back to being the great nation that Canada is, which is a beacon for so long in this world. Where do people go to escape tyranny? Canada. Why? Because the way we treat each other, because the way we act, we're apologetic, sometimes unnecessarily, because we just want to be on the right side of things. And now is our chance to get on the right side of history. It is our chance to say, regardless of where you stand on this medical intervention, there's something that is more valuable to us or should be. And that is standing together and respecting everyone's right to choose and everyone's rights in the charter and constitution. And that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. And in history, never, never have the people advocating to take your rights away been the ones, you know, on the right side of history, so to speak, right? It's always it, what there's a quote that says the greatest atrocities have always, you know, bend under the guise of the greatest good of all. And, you know, the, the deception is there if you have eyes to see it and ears uh, to hear it. And it's quite obvious, but when you are under, you know, fear is the greatest issue. Cause once, once you're, you know, in a very fearful state, you're not being able to process the same information in the same way. So there's a lot going on, you know, and it, and it is a, it is a battle, but it's time that we stand up as Canadians for peace. If you have a crazy idea and it's not causing me a harm, go ahead. You know, you get, that's what a free country country is. You get to do these wild things as long as they don't cause harm. And so what the ask is on this side, as far as I can see it is we'd like freedom to choose. We'd like freedom to make a livelihood. You get to make your choice. We'd like, like to make ours, especially when it comes to medical intervention. And we saw, you know, a good showing from the Mennonite community and heterite community there. And what they don't like, they don't like government and they don't like medicine. Right? What's going on? How do they all get together and serve food on the side of the road and support? When have you ever seen them at a protest? So obviously yeah. something's going on. So it's 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 special. And this is, you know, community. The door is open and you're free to have an opposing view. You don't see this side hating and putting all their energy towards hate and malice and division and anger. You don't see that. It's just like it's more defense. And sometimes there needs to be stern defense because it's really aggressive what's been, you know, what we're facing. But it's not hate. It's not going around, you know, finding ways to attack everything they're doing. It's can I say my piece, you know, and can I make my own decisions? Is there is there anything else that you think is important to share before you go? I know you're packing up. You're going to head to Ottawa again. We'll see how that goes. I hope that everybody shows up in Ottawa again. I saw this uh, quote that said, hold the line. Your cousins are coming. And it had all these things with bikers. And the main thing is freedom. That's it. You know, we need freedom of choice. Once that is there we're we're happy and this doesn't mean digital ids it doesn't mean take these uh vaccines away and then do these digital ids because that's another step in this globalist plan which is very public knowledge via the great reset book by klaus schwab who trudeau and all these other leaders are are under 
manipulating this policy and, and putting it forward. You can go read his book for your own and see if it sounds like a beautiful plan and are harmonious, or does it seem like worldwide communism, you know, with uh, a very authoritarian, authoritarian state. So yeah, I just want to put that back to you, see if there's anything else that we should cover. Well, as I said before, plans of man are just plans, not prophecies. So uh, I, I've read through Klaus Schwab's book. I found it to be very alarming. Um, some people, when I first talked about it, they said, well, that's tinfoil hat stuff. I said, no, here's the book, read it. You know, this is what he's wanting to do, right? It's not, it's not hidden. It's, it's in plain sight and you can read it for yourself. But again, it doesn't matter because you can have a plan all day long, as long as the people disagree and we have love in our hearts and we actually agree to disagree on certain things, but to stand in unity together against the things that matter doesn't matter what anyone's plans are for this country if it's nefarious and in, intended to hurt us and we have a different idea in our mind and we do it the right way and we don't do it with violence we stand in peace it doesn't matter what those plans are we will win this and i hope to god and i'm praying daily that everyone starts to be awake to starts to wake up to see what the media is is doing if you have time it doesn't just have to be ottawa there are these support convoys all across canada all across the world right now uh, take some time, go down there, check it out, see what you think, see if it does look like a bunch of alt-right white supremacists that are running around causing mayhem, or if it looks like Canada. It looks like everyone that you've ever known throughout your entire life that has been proud to be Canadian standing at those events and doing it peacefully with a smile on their face, because that's what I saw. And, uh, and I was proud to be there. I really was. It was good for my soul. The, uh, the reason I brought up the PTSD thing was because at the end of it all, at the end of the weekend in Ottawa, I left there with my spirit filled again. And, uh, and, and saying, you know what, it was all worthwhile. It was all worthwhile. Everything I went through, I'd go through it again to bring me to the point that I got to, to be in Ottawa standing with my fellow Canadians for, for the rights and freedoms of everyone and equality for all. It was, it was an amazing event and I'm glad it's still going on and we're going to get our freedoms back, man. A hundred percent beautifully said. And I really love that analogy of, you know, love in our hearts and moving forward. And, and I believe that too, you know, they can have their plans, but we can do this peacefully. And I see this as an opportunity to do it peacefully. And it's, you know, it's a move in the right direction and we'll keep trying and we'll keep moving in that because like with you, um, leaving your job, you remained in integrity. You're not going to enforce it, you know, and there's a, you're not going to enforce things that go against your soul. And Mark Passio has this quote that says, order followers keep the system of slavery in place. The second that people realize that they're harming their fellow um, community, their fellow man, you know, then they can stop, say this is the right. And that's all that's necessary just to stop. And they want you to feel that you're alone, uh, you know, and that you're going to get gaslighted and, and all these different things. But, you know, there it definitely reinvigorated the soul for me, too. And it just showed, you know, with all these people, you know, give me any give me any 20 of them. Give me a random 20. Give me, you know, a couple acres of field and we'll figure it out. We'll go fishing. Somebody's going to build a hut. We're going to have a fire. We can build a new community outside with those. But these people are here. This is what Canada consists of, of brilliant around the world. I guarantee is the same thing because good people don't think like evil people. The challenge is, is good people sometimes don't understand that evil people or people with a, a ill intent for other people, they don't have the same mindset that we do. They're okay. They, they kind of blur the lines and they architect these things that work for them, but they they don't work for everybody. And so when we can kind of register that, we just need to build the solution together.
that's it. Then whatever they want to do, we don't participate in that. We build a solution together. So I feel like that's what you're talking about in the spirit of love and cooperation and tolerance and compassion. And, you know, with Trudeau and that whole side, it's so frustrating because it's projection. Projection is the most frustrating. It's when they say you're doing the thing that they're doing. It's like, no, you're doing the thing. Stop, stop it. We're not doing that. And so. Well, yeah, and here, here's another point, just quickly. And it's just yeah. a quick point. <laughs> They, they they say that it's this hate-filled group of alt-right, you know, whatever they want to say that we were or are, it's complete and utter, you know, it's, it's just completely false. But as an example, as Pierre Poliev said, you know, there's a, always going to be a couple of bad apples, right, in the crowd. You go to a Maple Leafs game, there's 25,000 people in the crowd. You get one or two drunken idiots acting a fool and doing something stupid. Does the news on Sportsnet show all Maple Leafs fans are drunken aggressors and it was an absolute mess at the Air Canada Centre or Scotiabank Place? Like, give me a break. No, because common sense would indicate, okay, there's a couple of people that got out of hand. They couldn't control themselves. They acted stupidly and they paid the consequences because they got arrested and they got fined. Right. Well, that's no different than this rally. <laughs> Right. There's a couple of people that did something stupid, whether they were paid actors or they were there on their own accord. They didn't represent the majority there. Bottom line. Absolutely. Well, brother, I appreciate you and your work and what you're doing and just standing up for Canadians and for freedom and, and putting your effort. It just shows that what one person is able to do. And I feel if we can all stand up in our own world in our own way to have integrity, to be helpful, to plant that seed of, you know, solution-based thinking and not promote hate and not, you know, do things that are going to enslave or hurt your fellow man and stand in integrity, you're going to find your people. And, and there's a lot out there. And so Ottawa reminded us of that. And if you see on a world scale, everyone standing up is for freedom. They're for community. They're give you the shirt off their back type of people. And that's what Canada is known for around the world. They'll help you. They're the nicest people. And so, you know, these men and women have stood up and said, hey, you know, enough is enough. We just want freedom. We want to do it in a peaceful way. We want to celebrate, but we, we can't allow this to go any further. We need to protect our children and we need to protect our solutions. Our neighbors need to be able to make a living, right? Yeah. So these are all very important fundamental rights and we can't accept turning this country into a communist country. We're not going to accept that. We're going to, we're going to keep it free and, and it's going to be a beautiful way. Ideally, we can dance our way into freedom. That would be just the funniest thing ever. It's going to be a peaceful revolution. That's what it felt like every weekend, you know, more music, get into the summer, just show up, you know, no problem. Because even if they try the, the um, crowd, crowd dispersal, the trucks are still sitting there, right? We're not going to we'll run away, right? And then dance. And then, you know, they got the trucks there. So it doesn't work the same way. It's just, you know, like, oh, shoot, what are we going to do? And so I'm very optimistic about this. I appreciate you and your work. Is there anything else that you want to share? Where can people find out more about what you do and what you're sharing or your group or, or uh, any of the media and, and things you're putting out? Yeah, uh, come to policeonguard.ca and you'll be able to see our mission statement and what it is that we're doing. Um, we have a lot of information there, a lot of resource material. We have a lot of video material from our lawyer um, where we're talking about hot button issues of the day. Uh, it's really informative. And if you are an active or retired police officer, military, firefighter, paramedics, uh, border guard, fish and wildlife, whatever, um, join on, join us. We are standing together and we are trying to do our best to be the change we want to see in the world. And, uh, and there's strength in numbers and we need to come together. And I'm hoping that our numbers continue to grow as they have all throughout the last year and a bit.
Amazing. Well, thanks so much for the work you're doing. I appreciate you. I'll see you in Ottawa again this weekend. I don't know if you're speaking again, but if you are, I'll try to record it, get it on film and just, you know, go and experience with our families. You know, I'm going to bring my daughter and got some guests for the kids and and it's just going to be another beautiful time. And, and if there's any kind of agitators there, we just don't feed it any, you know, it becomes obvious. It's going to be a celebration again and we'll see how this um, evolves, but we've already done our job and create a spark worldwide. And hopefully more Canadians can show up and say, we want this to be peaceful. We want freedom. We want community. We want the Canadian spirit to be shown. And that's it. You know, if you've got hate in your heart, it's not a place for you. And even if you're going to do it online and that's your world, that's an artificial world. That's not the real world. That's not, you know, hand in hand, side by side, linking arms. And what the truth is, is a big difference between that computer screen and the absolute truth. So just thanks for everything you're doing. And, and I look forward to seeing you in Ottawa again. Thanks, brother. Love is a light. Let your light shine, Canada. We got our way out of this. Beautiful. Absolutely. Okay, guys, thanks for watching. See you in the next one. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely amazing Chris Vandenboss. I am so grateful for what he has done for Canada, for to see the police stand up for the people, to see all these people, the truckers, stand up for the people. How many people in Canada have supported them and how we've seen this protest um, and this action go worldwide for freedom because all of us on the side of truth know what is going on. It, it, you know, I was talking to my uncle when I was in Ottawa and I said, there's a difference between opinion and facts and what I'm sharing are facts. It's not my opinion. You know, you can go read Cloud Schwab's book. You can do the research on the pharmaceutical companies. You can look at what uh, Carrie Mullis said about the PCR test and that fraud. Those are facts. Those are not my opinions. And so we know what is going on and the people will stand up and it does look like this is kind of crumbling and this is a huge line for us to hold right now. They still have a, they're not going to give up. They still got the digital ID and the whole plan that they want to work out. And, uh, but those of us who see what's going on, these are the people that are going to give you the shirt off their back and we're going to be able to create whatever solution that we need and to rebuild these systems. So I'm, I'm definitely optimistic after two years of being locked lockdown in, in Canada is uh, finally something to be excited about and we'll see how things evolve. So um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to mattbelair.com, become a member, chip in a few bucks there. Um, there's a few donations. If you want to become a member for free, just hit me up, matt, matt at zenathlete.com. Um, happy to get you a membership for free. Uh, if you want to support the show by shares or creating content, all of that is incredibly helpful. The three kind of acts is the best thing that you can do. And uh, if you're interested in any of the coaching of programs uh, that I have, uh, just hit me up as well. You've got the soul compass, the quantum heart hypnosis, one-on-one -on -one and group coaching, and also quantum heart hypnosis sessions or one-on-one -on -one sessions where we can, you know, customize everything for you. And this is really for people who want to live a fulfilling life. They want to respond to what's going on and they want to design a life from their heart, from their soul, from their integrity and learn how to manifest it and overcome all the limitations that we all have. So to just crush through those limitations and, and build an architect a beautiful life because that's the best thing that we can do for everybody is to be empowered to be self-reliable self-sustainable and then to share that with our communities uh so there you go that's it uh let's come into a state of peace and coherence wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with peace joy contentment enthusiasm faith and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day so thank you so much for listening and i'll see you in the next episode